This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We're broadcasting out of Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Sam Knight, did you hear about the NYPD cops who shit themselves? I did. Uh, I, I thought it was a conspiracy cooked up by the... Uh, the conniving workers at Shake Shack. Shake Shack Antifa. Shake Shack Antifa. And not because cops ate like three double cheeseburgers and two milkshakes on a 15 minute break and then shit themselves because they're fucking dipshit cops. Why does this keep happening? I remember in D.C. a few weeks ago, there were allegations. I think this was with the National Guard. Allegations that a pizza place sent pizza with glass in it. Uh, <laughs> there was an investigation which turned up, no, that didn't happen. I know that there have been some other recent occasions where cops have alleged that they were poisoned or targeted in some way at restaurants, which investigation subsequently turned up didn't happen at all. It's almost yeah, like it, cops it, just it, lie all the time. It commonly happens, too, with... Um, with like Starbucks orders or any other order where it will involve um, like some kind of receipt or a cup and they'll like, they'll write on it themselves, fucking pig or something and then post it to Instagram like, oh, look at this disrespect. And then like, obviously the, the police union comes out and they get in a huff and then a twist. And then 24 hours later, it comes out that the cop wrote it himself. I think the... Happens all the time. <laughs> it does. And uh, I think one, I guess, promising takeaway from this story is obviously abolishing the police is going to be a, a, a very heavy lift and will require abolishing a lot of other things uh, in addition, such as capitalism too. Um, but I, I will say that having cops insanely afraid that they're being poisoned all the time is a good development on the way to abolishing cops because you can get there a lot faster if cops are just like, you know what, fuck it, this isn't worth it being a cop if I'm going to be poisoned all the time. Even if they're not being poisoned, just the fear that they might be poisoned all the time is a promising development. You know, I am, um, I am a service industry veteran, and I think that half the time when cops say they've been poisoned or say that someone wrote fucking pig on their Starbucks cup, like 95% of the time it's a shakedown and cops wanting to get free things at stores. And like, I've seen this when I worked at a pizza place, how cops would get discounts all the time and like free shit all the time. And sometimes they didn't even have to ask for it. Just whatever bootlicking manager was on the clock would be like, oh, yeah, well, thanks. Thank you for your service, officer. <laughs> um, but I think that this is part of a fucking shakedown to get to get free stuff. Cops be scamming. God. And I, I as much as I would like to think that they're scared of getting the shits from going to Denny's or whatever. I think this is just their fucking scam. They're just fucking scammers to the bone. And uh, this is part of that. Yeah. 
You're probably right. All right, it's Tuesday, June 16th, 2020. Here's the news. Data released today gave some hope to those who have deluded themselves into thinking that the worst of the economic turmoil is over. U.S. retail sales were up 17.7% in May, according to the Commerce Department. It was the biggest one-month gain ever posted in the 28-year-old data set's history. As CNBC noted, the last record set involved a 6.7% increase in October 2001, as Americans answered George W. Bush's call to be patriotic after 9-11 by going shopping. I really wish I made that up, but as I, I'm sure a lot of you remember that history, too. I remember. Sam Sachs, uh, did you go shopping? I don't think I went shopping. I don't remember what I did, but I definitely remember the call by George W. Bush to go shopping. Well, I, I think I'm proud to say that I believe around 9/11 uh, was the heyday of my shop lifting. So I may have stolen a bunch of candy from CVS in October 2001. Got him. Got him. <laughs> Boom. Anyway, President Trump celebrated the news on Twitter, saying in all caps, "Big day for the stock market and jobs." And indeed, in the early afternoon, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up about 2.5%. But the market has had good days since late March, amid some of the worst of the recent headlines on pandemic and labor market news. We've seen good days for stocks to headlines of mass unemployment, mass death, and mass uprisings even. In that vein, even with the huge month-to-month retail gains in May, total sales, total sales were still way below what they were before the pandemic spread to the U.S. So, too, was industrial production. According to the latest results of a survey conducted by the Federal Reserve, which were released today, in May, the Fed's industrial production index was up 1.4%, but that's still more than 15% below pre-pandemic levels. To add to troubles, things might not be as bad as feared because of expanded unemployment insurance passed by Congress in late March, but Senate Republicans and the White House have pushed back against calls to expand the program. It expires at the end of July. So, too, does the eviction moratorium on properties with federally backed mortgages. Not only that, but there's another deadline fast approaching that could see a spike in public sector unemployment on the state and local levels. Here's an explanation from Fed Chair Jay Powell and Maryland Senator Chris Van Hollen at a hearing today before the Senate Banking Committee. State and local governments provide those, those critical services and they have balanced budgets re- budget requirements. So the layoffs come very quickly when, when um, unemployment, sorry, when uh, revenues go down and expenses go up. And um, that's gonna weigh on the economy. Uh, so, And are you aware of the fact that um, in many cases, state and local governments are, are making their fiscal decisions uh, as of July 1st as to whether or not to cut back on their budgets and lay people off? Yes, I'm aware. Okay. Well, just, uh, Mr. Chairman, and just in, in closing, it, it would seem to me, given all those facts, that uh, you know Congress uh, would be negligent uh, in leaving town before the Fourth of July for the Fourth of July break, without providing this additional relief uh, to state and local government employees, but to also others. The Fed does have a lending program for state and local governments, but as Powell noted, they're often hamstrung by balanced budget amendments. Nevada Democrat Catherine Cortez Masto asked Powell today 
If relief could involve grants instead of loans, Powell said the law doesn't allow the Fed to do that. But according to a recent study released earlier this week, the Fed's own rules are locking cities out of relief. The Center for Popular Democracy said that 97% of entities that are eligible for the Fed aid are, quote, functionally excluded from receiving any support because of the unusually and unnecessarily high pricing of the lending. As we noted on a recent show, this is by design. Fed Vice Chair Randall Quarles said the agency did not want to crowd out private lenders when crafting its relief program to city and state governments. Amid calls to defund the police, let's not forget that we also need to defund the Pentagon. Congresswoman Barbara Lee hasn't forgotten. A lone vote against the 2001 AUMF dropped legislation on Monday that would drastically cut the Defense Department's budget. In a statement, Lee said, quote, For years, our government has failed to invest in programs that actually keep our country safe and healthy. The prioritization of defense spending and the underinvestment in public health has led to 10 times more deaths from COVID-19 than the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. By overprioritizing the Pentagon and military solutions, our country is drastically underprepared for any crisis that needs a non-military solution. Uh, if I might add, we are also unprepared for many crises that ostensibly uh, call for us to put forth a military solution because the U.S. military has been fucking taking huge L's <laughs> every decade since like 1945. Ain't that right? Lee's resolution calls for a $350 billion cut to the Pentagon's budget. After all, as Sam noted, they've been using that budget to ring up loss after loss after loss. <laughs> the uh, legislation notes several instances of waste, fraud, and abuse at the Pentagon, including $75 billion from the Overseas Contingency Operation Budget, which supports military actions in countries where Congress hasn't officially declared war, Places where, as Sam Knight noted, we are losing. The more than $10 billion also uh, transferred out of the Pentagon to fund construction of the southern border wall. They clearly don't need that money. Lee's bill also notes that total military spending around the world combined is more than $1.6 trillion, and the U.S. accounts for 37% of that total. Closing 60% of foreign military bases could save $90 billion, and winding down wasteful weapons programs could save more than $57 billion a year. Other ideas for cuts include reducing military overhead by 15%, which would equal $38 billion in savings, and reducing private contractor services by 15%, which would save another $26 billion. Lee also calls for eliminating the Space Force, which sucks $2.6 billion out of the public treasury. Hell yeah, defund Space Force. Have, has it, I guess it has been funded already. Oh, it's, it's going, $6 baby. $2.6 billion. It's going. Fuck Space Force. First on the chopping block. D.C. statehood is set to get a vote next week in Congress. House Democrats announced today that legislation on the matter would be brought up on June 26th, a week from Friday. The Washington Post noted that it will be the first time D.C. statehood will get a vote in almost three decades. In 1933, it came before the House. The bill failed in a 277 to 153 vote, despite the fact Democrats held an 80-seat majority at the time. 40% of the party voted against the measure. 
One of those Democrats who voted no, longtime Maryland rep Steny Hoyer, the House Majority Leader, only changed his tune on D.C. statehood, becoming a supporter of the push last spring. Weirdly, this was right around the time that Michaela Wilkes started getting national coverage for her primary of Hoyer. Coincidence, I'm sure. In an interview with The Post published today, Hoyer said there's an urgency over the issue now in the wake of the George Floyd uprising and the use of federal security forces against protesters in D.C., most notably when Trump was posing with a Bible in front of St. John's Church for a photo op. Of D.C., Hoyer said, quote, There's no doubt in my mind if this were a Republican city and a white city that this would have happened some time ago, and it should happen. Did he just admit to being a racist piece of shit throughout most of his career? Sounds like it. (laughs) Sure does sound like it. Though it will likely pass the House, D.C. statehood has a 0% chance of advancing any further. And uh, quite frankly, I would be shocked if Democrats managed to make D.C. a state if they ever take back control of Congress and the White House again. Joe Biden says he supports D.C. statehood. I will believe that when I see him fighting for it. I remember they came close to voting on it in the House during the first year of Obama when Democrats had the House and the Senate and the White House. And Democrats let that vote get completely derailed because they were afraid of taking a controversial vote on guns, allowing guns in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Democrats. Amazing. Finally. Finally today, protests over the weekend in Southern California finally caught the attention of federal law enforcement authorities who are now opening an investigation into how local cops are investigating the deaths of two black men who were found hanging from trees. Police initially ruled the deaths as suicides, prompting outrage from the community and calls for the feds to get involved. 24-year-old Robert Fuller's body was discovered hanging from a tree in the early morning hours Wednesday last week nearby the Palmdale City Hall. The L.A. County Medical Examiner determined it was a suicide. Family members immediately disputed those findings, noting that Fuller was not suicidal. They also noted that this is the second time in two weeks that a black man was found hanging in Southern California. 38-year-old Malcolm Harsh was found on May 31st about 45 miles east of where Fuller's body was found. Police in that case also determined it was a suicide, but Harsh's family is concerned that cops are trying to brush what happened under the rug by claiming Harsh killed himself. Under pressure from the community and now the feds, the local police are revisiting their initial suicide determinations and conducting further investigations, like determining if there were connections between the two deaths, Police are also awaiting toxicology reports in both cases and will examine the rope and knot used to hang the men. Federal bodies overseeing the police on the matter include the FBI, U.S. Attorney's Office in the Central District of California, and the U.S. Department of Justice's Civil Rights Division. There are also calls now for California Attorney General Javier Becerra to get involved in the cases. And that'll do it for the newscast today. Awfully quiet here. There's no haiku music, which means you all need to get your friends on board to subscribing to The Sentinel over at Patreon. Patreon.com slash District Sentinel. You could at least call in the rant line. Give us us some more rant line material. 202-684-6108. Leave a message. We'll play it on air. 
subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. Tomorrow we've got a brand new chip chat coming out. We uh, explore some of these big Supreme Court decisions and non-decisions from this week. And we've got a brand new edition of Means Morning News on Thursday. And then we're back here with the Garbage Can Show for subscribers on Friday. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.